0: All right, good morning. morning. Trust everybody's doing well. So good to see each one of you here uh, this morning. And uh, there's a lot to say, and so I'll try to be to the point and uh, brief as I can. There's just so much. It's been uh, some time since I've been here, and uh, some of you I know, and some of you I don't know. And those of you who don't know me, you're not missing anything. It's no big deal, amen. But I have. been blessed by this church for many years. Uh, I'm going to say probably 18 years or so. Uh, This church has really been a part of our lives. God has used you in a mighty way to be a blessing to us. And some of you say, wow, it's been that long? Yes, I believe so. We uh, were church planters and came here several years ago uh, as missionaries. And uh, you all took us on for support way back when. We uh, God used us to start the first church in a place called Bainbridge, Georgia, which is back in 06, and so you all were part of that uh, back then, and so it's been, it's been quite some time. So I'll get I'll catch up that here in just a moment, but let me say thank you. Thank you so very much for your love for us. Um, we are, and, I, and I, I, I've heard a lot of missionaries speak and guest speakers and all of that, and They kind of have, and I'm not belittling what they say, but it's kind of a rundown of the thank yous. It's just kind of part of what we do. Uh, I don't want it to come across that way. Uh, This is genuine, and it's really from my heart. Uh, Our friends, the Dolas, have um, overly blessed us to a point to where we don't know how to receive it. It's humbling. Um, I don't know if you've ever been at a place where people do too much for you. Does that, that make sense? You, yeah, um, we, we are called, because we haven't seen them in a while. They always come to see us uh, in Pensacola. If they're even close to Pensacola, they call us, and hey, we're over in Destin somewhere, can you meet us? And <clears throat> so we end up meeting with them, but they always come our way. And so every week, you know, my wife is like, we need to go see the Stodola's, and I'm thinking, yeah, we gotta go see them, and, and Ken and I talk, you know, we, uh, well, I listen, <clears throat> let me put it that way. <laughs> we get on the phone, and I'll call him, right? I call him, and I wanna get a few words in, and I'll say something, and then, he'll talk for 30 minutes, and I'm being generous. <laughs> and then, when he's done talking, you know, you say, all right, brother, my friend, love you, bye. I'm like, hey, man, wait a minute. I called you. I need to say something. I need to ask you a question, you know, and, uh, but he, <laughs> so anyway, you know him, right? Amen. So uh, he, oh my goodness, we have been really good, close friends, and uh, so I just, I love him. I've even had the opportunity to stay uh, with him and Jen at their parents' house, and so we, we've we just been uh, really close for, for quite some time, and so really appreciate them, but Man, uh, we told them we were coming up, and so they said, hey, you know, we'll take care of this. I said, look, I just want to come, and I just want to, I'll sit in the back of the church, and just, we just want to see you, you two, you know, and that was the whole goal. He goes, no, we, you know, can, do you want to preach, and this? I said, I don't need to preach, you know, I preach every week, whatever. I said, listen, when I come here, you and friend, I will belong to you. Hey, my wife's name is Jennifer, just so you know, not the other Jennifer. Okay, so I say, <laughs> you say, some of you are probably saying, well, we know that part. <laughs> we know, but my wife's name's Jennifer, just to kind of help you out with that. Glad we clarified that. But uh, anyhow, I said, hey, listen, we come here, we will belong to you. So if you tell me to shut up and go sit in the back, I'll go do that. Uh, as long as you don't get me outside of my, my comfort zone, then I'm okay. You know, don't ask me a single special, anything like that. I could even run the sound until I went back there and saw those computers, there's four people back there. But I was like, no, nah, that's okay. So I just, I literally just wanted to come here and give myself to him and just be available for whatever he wanted me to do. And of course, he asked me to preach, and I said, hey, no problem. And and uh, of course, my wonderful wife, she's my best friend, and uh, we've been together for a long time. Been married for 30 years, and so that's been good. And so I think most people want this if if she's not coming, then you don't need to come, basically, is kind of what I've been hearing over the past few years, and uh, even uh, Pastor Danny came up and asked, how long were you guys staying after she sang? I don't know if he's going to make mention of that after I preach or not, but anyhow, <laughs> we hope that's the case, but I just, uh, literally, I, I want to say thank you, the, the hotel, we were in a nice hotel room, and uh, there's a bag of goodies in there waiting on us, and they made sure it was clean, I mean... He just gone overboard went out to eat barbecue last night we came to the church uh just uh pastor ken and jen was just showing us around and uh we just really had a good time and then i, I hear this morning he's sick so i don't know if we overdid it or not but um anyhow it, he's just they they just been really good to us and so i thank you for um just allowing them to be a blessing to other people sometimes uh and he was sharing this with me last night he was uh, saying how he's limited with certain things that he could do because of his illness, and you really don't know how God can use you in other areas. He's not limited in His love toward me. I mean, He's not limited in His encouragement to me, and so they. I, I can I can go on and on and on with that. Okay, so I just again wanted to say thank you for loving on loving on us and being a blessing to us. Okay, all right. So let me start back to where I left off, and i try not to keep it too long. I tell people it's like, I'll be like uh, two married movie stars. We already know the answer to that, right? Won't be long, all right? But, uh, all right. but uh, so anyhow, you, you all started supporting us uh, when we the first church plant back in about 2006 in Bainbridge, Georgia, and uh, that church is, is, is doing fairly well. There's a pastor there named Anthony Cason, so we were able to turn that church over to him. And so from there, we went to Columbus, Georgia, and so a church was started there. I believe it was 13, 14, I can't remember the exact uh, day or or year, but I think it was either 13 or 14, and so got a church going there in the YMCA, and so that church got started. Please be in prayer. Uh, There's, you know, since COVID's hit, there's just some things that uh, really has not gone into the direction that um, I can't say that I plan, but I believe that in God's direction. So please pray. Uh, the pastor there is Pastor Doug. So please pray for, for them. It's Crossroads uh, Baptist Church. The church in Bainbridge is True Gospel Baptist Church. From there, uh, God sent us up to Syracuse, New York. It's like, wow, what a, what a transition. We're actually from Pensacola, Florida. And so we ended up going to Syracuse, New York. And that was basically a church, kind of like a church revitalization. The pastor had passed away. And so they called me to be the pastor there. And so uh, God used us to go in and, and do certain things, some administrative things and some leadership things. And then uh, we turned that church over to a pastor, Pastor Conroy Lewis, which will be there next Sunday. And uh, so that church is doing fairly well. And then from there, God sent us to back to Pensacola, Florida. And uh, I, at that time, was praying when I was in Syracuse, praying, Lord, what do you want to do? He had basically shut my heart like just closed it down basically from the church there and everything was going well. We, we loved it there, but all of a sudden God just, boom, something happened to my heart. I called a pastor friend of mine and he said this, he said, don't let your heart be, no, this is how he said it. Don't let your backside be too far behind your heart. Never heard it that way. So he's like, if your heart, if God has moved your heart, you make sure your backside follows that. So I'm like, well, so I said, well, God, where are you moving my heart to? And, and that was kind of scary. And uh, during that time, I was talking to Pastor Ken as well. And uh, so I got a call uh, from a church that my dad helped start, which I'm a charter member of in Pensacola. He says, I need you to pray about something. And so I say, sure. I took my pen out and I knew all the people there. And I began to get ready, you know, I was about to write something down. He said, I want you to pray about becoming the next pastor of Grace Bible Baptist Church. And I was like, oh, no. I did not want to go back to that church. I just did not. I mean, just to be honest with you. And, uh, but I did pray, and that's where God sent us. And so we've been there uh, four years. August will be five years we've been there. Uh, we have uh, sold the building. So, again, I'm kind of a church revitalization kind of guy now. So we were able to sell our building immediately. Uh, we bought an, another building, and uh, we've gutted that building completely. <clears throat> it's been a long process, a very long process. Many of uh, uh, our church, they're military, so they kind of, they know, they, they understand, hey, let's just, let's just get in there and do it. You know, they kind of sink their teeth into something and get things done. So they've been very patient. Uh, but please, please. Sometimes the patience runs low. We need need to be refilled. You know, I'm <laughs> saying filled with patience again. Uh, but it's been about three years. We've been in this building project. Uh, we've completely gutted the building, and then so now we're building it back. And of course, uh, we have framed it. The framing's done, but we need plumbing, electrical, and when you're a church, you're limited in funds. We're we're trying to get as much help as we possibly can from people coming and volunteering to do the work and things of that nature. And so. That's where we are, and we certainly need your prayers, okay? So hopefully you've gotten caught up on everything that's going on with Mike Kelly, amen? All right, so let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and we're going to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number six, the book of Genesis, chapter number six. Uh, I want to say this you. I was talking to Pastor Ken last night, and I realized that I'm preaching to um, almost a, a group of professors and so, he, he was saying how brilliant you guys are and things of that nature. So, I picked a passage of Scripture where I can pretty much pronounce some of the words and things like that. Amen? It is intimidating kind of when you're preaching and you got people out there that know everything. You know, you're kind of preaching to your, your professors and so forth. And so, anyhow, um, I've been looking forward to this and praying about it. And uh, I believe that God will use use me to be a blessing this morning. So, Many times, I mean, maybe you're like me, have you ever wondered why people don't do something when you believe that they could do something about it? You know, if something's going on really bad, you're looking at a person, maybe you're looking at a child, maybe you're in a grocery store, and you see the kid running all over the grocery store, and then you look at the parents and say what's the question? Why don't you do something about this? Then maybe you're saying, I wish I could do something about it. You know what I mean? You ever been there? Yeah. And, and, and so uh, I remember as a kid, I was a pretty bad kid, probably not the best of adults right now, but I was a pretty bad kid. So I believe I can whip everybody in the neighborhood. I mean, I just felt like I could do that, you know? And uh, so I remember uh, this guy, he was much older uh, than I was at the time. And so I, I can see it right now. I can still feel his hands around my neck, you know? But anyway, I, I started, to, started picking at him and everything. And, you know, I'm just going to fight everybody in the neighborhood. I remember this guy, he basically just kind of pinned me down and just kind of, he wasn't really choking me, choking me, but just letting me know that he could just take me at any time. You know what I mean? And so he, he's, he's got me down there and he's got his hands around my neck and he was pressing just enough so I'll just surrender. You know what I mean? And so, I, I, oh, I was hot, I, I mean, I was so mad. <clears throat> so I went home, on the way home, I, I was hot, steaming hot. But there was an excitement in my mind because I'm going home to tell somebody who's gonna do something about it. I'm gonna tell my dad, and my dad, when I tell my dad, you know what he's gonna do my dad's gonna say, okay, Mike, just, let's go, let's go, show me the guy. So that's, I was really excited. So I get home and I tell my dad, I said, dad, this guy, this is what he did, you know, and, and my dad basically, I'll never forget, he looked at me, he goes, okay. And he walked off. Probably because he knew his son, right? He probably knew you already started this, so that's probably what the situation is. And you, but I, I knew my dad was going to do something, and I really felt like he did nothing. And so... With that thought in mind, how many of us take a look at this world and the things that are going on in our country, in our state, in our city, in our neighborhood, our communities, and we look at the situation in our government, thought i just throw that out there, And as we look at the child in the grocery store and look at the parent going, and as I understand or look at the situation where this guy pinned me down and put his hands around my neck and I look at my dad, I'm going, how many times do we look at things going on in our world, our country, our state, community, what have you, in government, and then look at God and go, what Are you going to do something about this? And, and we look and go, God, what are you doing? God, why, why is this happening? Why don't you do something? You're in control. You control this. You control... You can do anything that you want to do. Why don't you do something? As we look here in our, our scripture today, I believe that we could actually look at the times here and relate it to the times now and really get an understanding of what God did then or was doing back then and probably what he's doing now so let's take a look here in Genesis chapter 6 verse number 1 the Bible says and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born born unto them but the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the, came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. In verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us, Lord, to have the opportunity, uh, Lord, to have your word and to be in a place, Lord, where we could hear from you today. Uh, Lord, I do pray that, God, that you will uh, increase yourself And Lord, decrease me. Lord, we need to hear from you and not Mike Kelly today. And so, Lord, I do pray that we will have open ears and receptive hearts to your word today. We do thank you. We love you. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was reading that, I I, I was thinking in my mind how we have been ministered to this morning in song and um, it's it's great that I was able to sit over there and basically, if I can say it in this way, be, receive some preaching before I preach. And uh, so I want to say thank you so very much for the song. Wonderful. The Bible says sing with understanding. So very clear message. Thank you so very much. And Honey, you already know, thank you so very much as well for the song, and so it was good to be ministered to before I came up to preach, and so thank you so much for that. So I want to give you a title, What is God Doing? What is God Doing? And I don't say that in a disrespectful, sarcastic way, like, Lord, what are you doing? No, but God, what are you doing? I really want to know, Lord, what are you doing? Well, look at verse number 6. Uh, well let's back up to five. Look at what's going on during this time. The Bible says, "And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And verse number six says, "And it repented, God, repented the Lord that he made, had made man on the face of the earth. And look at what it says, and it grieved him. At his heart, I believe that when God looks at the world today, His creation, I believe that when God looks at uh, our country, I do believe that many times He's grieving. I can go on and on through all the things that are going on. I'll just use maybe a couple, maybe a couple of them. I never thought we'd get to a place where they're saying a child that's born. You allow them to determine their gender. Are you serious? I, I, I just never, I, I, you can't even, let me say this. You can't even imagine that. But here it says that every imagination of the thoughts of, the, of his heart was only evil continually. And so there's consistent wicked imaginations that's going on, and the devil, there's no limit. And so a person, only thing that they're thinking, wickedness, evil, and it's continual. And I can go on and on. I just wanted to use that as one of them, and so you can take it from there with your mind. And so as I look at that, what do you, how do you think God feels when he sees that? The people are riding around with, in God, we trust on their tags, have their money, talks of God, all these things. But where's their heart? And let me take it a step further. I understand our world, our state, country, whatever. What about our churches? When God is looking at the church of america what does he see now i'm not throwing stones or any such thing but i don't know about you but i came here today to glorify god i didn't come here to be entertained i didn't come here to be entertaining i didn't come here and i'm not saying stuff you know these things are completely wrong i didn't come here to ride a pony i didn't come here to to jump on a jump house i understand I, i didn't come here for a concert I didn't come for any of those things. I came to glorify God. And I believe there are many churches today where uh, they're trying to please the people and trying to please, listen, the imaginations of their heart. God is looking at the church and saying, What are you doing? I believe that when He looks at the church, He's grieved. But then many times we can say, You know what? We have the right type of church. We have the the things going on. We're doing the right things. We're singing the right songs. But I I just want to ask you this question. God also sees the heart. So where's your heart today? What does God see when he sees the heart of Mike Kelly? Does it grieve him? What does he see when he sees Open Door Baptist Church? What does it do to the heart of God? And I pray that God can look upon Open Door Baptist Church and there's no grieving going on, but it pleases him. He receives pleasure from the church here. But I have him here to tell you, but back in this day, and even in our day and time, I believe that God, when He looks at things, He looks at His creation, I believe that many times He's grieving. Now, I'm not saying God is sitting in heaven the, the whole time with His head and His hands, and He's going, Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that. But I do believe that many times when He looks at things as a whole, back, as He did back in this day, I do believe that it grieves the heart of God. It says, and I use the illustration again with, with our children, you know, many times we, we, we set out our children to live a certain way. We have a plan for them, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And we train them up and, and we, we, we set them out and we think things are going to go well. Well, we have a plan in place. We've done all the necessary things to make sure that the, that the child has everything that they need to be successful in life. It's like over in the book of Peter, God says, I've given you everything for life and godliness so that you can live and be productive. I've given you all those things. But many of that mean- And six all right, it's all right, good deal. We're it's good. a morning. All right. You want a mic stand? That's fine, that'll you be good. You want a stand? Yes. Yeah. Or I can just blurt it out. Or oh, do we need the, the microphone for sound back there? Online. Online, all right, okay. I can hold it then. I'll use, just have it here. Okay, all right, sounds good. Okay, now we're rolling, amen, All right. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. All right. We're there. So I was talking about the kids. I wasn't going to forget that point. I have three, we have three of them. So I wasn't going to forget that point anyway. So anyhow, uh, you set your kids out and you have a plan for them. But sometimes as you look, you say, what are you doing? That's not part of the plan. That's not what we talked about. That's not why you're here. And so sometimes parents are grieved because of what's going on in the life of their child but it doesn't mean they grieve all night and all day it's just sometimes when they look at the situation and look at their child and say whoa that's not the plan well I believe that's the same thing with God he does not grieving the whole time but sometimes he looks and say whoa that's not the plan that I had for them and so I do believe that God as he looks upon us many times looks upon our country and so forth I believe he tends to grieve. Secondly, what is God doing? Look at verses 8 through 14. Verses 8 through 14. The Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It goes and says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without the pitch. So what else is God doing here? God is commanding. God is grieving, but I believe also God is commanding. And so he says, okay, things are, things are not good. Things are not as planned. But he found grace in the eyes. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God commanded Noah to do something. Do you hear the message? God is grieving by what's going on, but he's also commanding his people to do something about it. You know, we could, uh, we could sit around and let me tell you something. I have first place, a first place trophy, uh, somewhere in my house for complaining. I'm I'm really good at it. Anybody with me? All right, you don't need to raise your hands. I know. Thank you, man. I appreciate not. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let me. Since he raised his hand, let's do it again. Anybody else good at that besides me? Hallelujah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am not by myself. Amen. Hey, listen. I gotta I gotta get that um, poll while I'm doing this. Okay. Is that okay? I'm going to give—this is a short commercial. It's, it's not going to interrupt the, the message too much. I'll jump right back into it, but pause for a commercial break, okay? So, Pastor Ken and I were talking about something last night, and I, I, I hit him. I said, man, you got to be a real man, you know, and this is, this is the topic. I said, we went in the kitchen, and so we smelled something, you know, so that's how this came up. So, we're in the kitchen. She, Jen's laughing already. So in the kitchen, we smelled something, <clears throat> and uh, I found a smell. It was just, it was just water. It's, all, it's no big deal. So I smelled it. Then I smelled it again. It smelled bad. Then I smelled it again because it smelled bad. I just want to smell it again, you know? So I said, that's what men do. I said, have you ever taken your socks off or your shoes off, and you smell them, and they stink really bad? What do you do? You smell it again, Right? Yeah, and then you ask your wife to smell it, right? Does anybody do that? Yes, yes. <laughs> Pastor Ken and I talked about this. So, Jim, when you get home, you tell him, we, we do this, right? Amen, some of you. Some of you ladies don't understand that, but it's just a man thing, okay? <laughs> Pastor Ken said, when you, say, when you ask that tomorrow, he told me, he said, go ahead and ask, he said, when you ask tomorrow, you're going to be by yourself. I said, I bet you I will not. So thank you, man. All right. Just had to do that commercial break. All right. Praise the Lord for that. All right. I don't know if y'all ever have me back. But anyway, that's that. <clears throat> Amen. So we, we, we have it. Amen. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right. Now, women, you don't have to smell it. My wife never, ever does that. She doesn't smell mine, so it's okay. All right. Good deal. All right. Had to get that out. All right. So what else is God doing? God is commanding. So he he commanded Noah, he says, listen, I want you to build an ark. So not only did he tell Noah to build an ark, I believe also he told Noah to deliver the message. Deliver the message. If you go with me over to the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 5, no, chapter 2, rather, 2 Peter, chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse number 5. 2 Peter Chapter 2. And I want you to look there with me in verse number 5. Look at what it says here. It says, and spare not. Let me back up to 4, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And look at what it says, and spare not the old world but saved Noah the eighth person look at what it says a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So I believe that God, he's grieving, but he's also commanding. He commanded Noah to build an ark. I believe he also gave Noah a message and saying, listen, deliver the message, because I certainly know that as Noah was building the ark, all of those years that people were coming by going, what are you doing? There's, what, what is that? And he's Noah is, is is able to give the message and say, Listen, I'm building an ark. This this is it's a boat. It's a large boat. One day it's going to rain and and there'll be a flood and and this thing's going to float, believe it or not. And 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 if you receive what I'm telling you and, and saying to you about God is it, going to destroy us, destroy all the animals in mankind. You'll listen to the message and take up residence in the boat. And so, but they probably laughed at him, just kind of speculation a little bit, and and wondered, what are you doing? But at least they heard the message. And so I do believe that God is commanding, as he commanded Noah, to give the message. How many of you know that one day this will end? How many of you know one day it's all going to be over? How many of you know one day we're going to be raptured up? Hey, hallelujah, amen. And so we know that that's going to happen one day. One day we're going to be out of here. And so Noah is delivering the message and saying, listen, one day this is going to happen. So God is commanding. And then I want you to turn over with me to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Look at verse number 18, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 18. The Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God, look at what that says, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. What else is God doing? He's waiting. He's waiting. You so say, what is God waiting on? He's waiting on souls to be saved. That's what God is waiting on. I'm so glad that God waited. I got saved at 12. I knew before then. I already knew the message. I knew the book of Romans just about. I went to Pensacola Christian School in Pensacola. We had to memorize everything. We had to memorize punctuation, everything. So I knew all the Bible verses, but my dad asked me one day, he said, Mike, if you die, what's, what's your future like? Where are you going? And I said, well, I I don't know. And we went back and this little uh, striped couch we had in the den and I knelt and prayed and asked the Lord to come into my heart and save me. and believed on him. I knew about him. I believed that he existed, but I never accepted or believed in him. There's a difference. And so I'm so glad that God waited till Mike Kelly got saved. I'm here to tell you that God is still waiting. As he waited back then, he's waiting today. Over in the book of Jonah, I don't know if I won't go there, but I don't know if you know the story of Jonah when he went to Nineveh. He says, Listen, I want you to go and preach to these people because basically they're going to be destroyed if they don't turn. No, uh, no, uh, Jonah rather goes to preach to these people, and what happens? They turn to God. And God basically changed his mind on them, if we can say it in that way and say, wow, these people have turned to me. I believe that back in these days, if these people would have listened to the message and turned to God, just as he did with those in Nineveh, God probably would have done it back in that day as well. But still, what happened? God commanded a man to go with a message. We know he fought. We know all the details. But he commanded a man to go with a message, and then he waited for the people to receive the message. And so my message, and as we conclude this, God sees what's going on. I believe it grieves his heart. We see a little bit of what God is seeing, and it grieves our heart. But then he's commanding And who is he commanding? His people. We can't expect the people to get right without the message. I want you to think about the people uh, I know we didn't turn to it, the people of Nineveh. One man God sent one man with a message and they turned to God. Jonah could have said well God, they can do it on their own. No, they're wicked. Every imagination of their heart is evil continually. They need a, a person that's obeying a command with a message. My dear friends, do you not have the message that the world needs? You say, well, preacher, what am I going to do about it? That's a good question. What are we going to do about it? As we look at things, what what... I want you to think right now, what are you going to do about, let's just make it very personal, your wicked neighbor, two, three doors down. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about your city when you say, why was that decision made? What are you going to do about the state when certain decisions are being made? What are you going to do about your country when decisions are being made? What are you going to do about it? I said, hey, we, we, we see kids coming up now, and they determine what, the, what gender they're going to be. Okay, great. What are you going to do about it? Abortion, what, what are you going to do about it? Homosexual, sex, hey, homosexuality, I can't even get it out right. Marriages, you know where they're going. What are you going to do about it? Well, God, do something. Okay, I could, but I'm commanding you to do something. And we could sit and talk all day. I can preach all day. We can read all day. But God is calling his people to do something. We have a message. And we can deliver the message. And while we're doing something, you know what God is doing? He's waiting for people to get saved. How do you expect a person to get saved if we don't give them the message? So let me give you two things here very quickly. Number one, we need to live the gospel. People need to see a message before you deliver a message. Can I read a, verse, a passage to you? Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work for. It says work out. What is in you with fear and trembling for it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked, and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain and neither labored in vain. Work out what is in you so that people can see God coming out of you. Be a message to this world. So we need to live the gospel, but then, as I've already alluded to, we need to share the gospel. Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You say, I'm not a preacher. You can herald the truth. Can you not? We can do that. So deliver the message as God is waiting for the people to believe in him. In the days of Noah, he is waiting Today, he's waiting on us to obey the command, and he's waiting on people to receive the message. Amen. What is God doing? He's grieving. He's commanding his people, and he's waiting for those to be saved. If you're here and God's spoken, I'm sure he's probably spoken to you. You're, you're listening, you're hearing, you say, what do I do about this message? What, what am I going to do about this command that God has placed upon me? I can't go and walk the streets. I, can't, I, I don't know what you can do. You can do something. We're not here just to survive. We're here to thrive. And God wants to live through us And so others may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Maybe you can pray. Maybe you can write. I don't know what you could do. But maybe some of you are sitting here and God is waiting on you to receive the message. Maybe you've never, you believe that there is a God, but never, you may have not believed in him as the Father and believe in Christ as your Savior. You've never accepted him. The Bible says in the book of James, the devils believe and tremble. So we believe that there's a God, but have you ever trusted in him for your salvation? God is waiting on you, and you can do that today. It doesn't have to be next week. It doesn't have to be you don't have to join the church. You don't have to do any of those things. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's no, there's no works involved in this. It's a free gift, a free gift. How could you not receive the free gift of salvation? And then as God said, back in the days of Noah, I'm going to destroy all of the mankind and so forth. Guess what? You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about all the, how God is going to deal with all the wickedness. You don't have to worry anything about that. Your home will be in heaven. Eternal life can start for you today. Everlasting life can start for you today. So however God has spoken to you, let's respond. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, that we have to hear from you today. God, we, we grieve with you as we look at things that are going on. And Father, I pray you should help us to obey the command. How shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to believe on someone who they've not heard? God help us to live the message but also deliver the message. And Lord, if there's anyone here that's not saved, that's not, that has not received Christ as Savior, God, maybe they believe that you exist, but they've never believed in you and put their faith and hope and trust in you. God, help them today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if that's you today, God is waiting on you to receive him. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. There's no perfect prayer. I'm not going to even lead you in a prayer but you call out to him. There was someone on the cross with Jesus as he died on the cross and that man looked at Jesus. He believed in his heart and he looked at Jesus and he said, remember me. So however you decide that you want to receive it just as far as what you say, just talk to God. Talk to him today and receive Christ as Savior today. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, again, for your word. Thank you for your message. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. That's awesome.